For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of round number one, Herdine has called a stop to this contest based on a doctor's stoppage. Declaring the winner by TKO, Dustin the Diamond That's right, that's right, that's right. In case you guys missed it, Dustin Poirier beat, essentially finished Conor McGregor again. Back-to-back fights. The Diamond, the Louisiana Lafayette product shined under the lights. The Diamond shined under the lights. And Conor McGregor I hate to be this guy that says it, the guy that drops this pun. He broke under the pressure. Yes, yes. Boomy, boomy. Conor McGregor broke under the pressure. I said it. (sighs) Now, we got another beautiful one-hour show ahead. We obviously got a lot more... UFC 264 fallout reaction, recaption, if that's a word to talk about. I want to dive a little deeper into the fight each and every day, almost every four hours. It seems that we're finding out a little more leading up to the fight, the behind the scenes stuff, what happened on fight night, and then the fallout after the fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. So we got a lot more to work with on this show. I went around the whole merry-go-round or carousel of uh, MMA media to see what they got for me. Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell for Morning Combat, Fred Akimoto of ESPN, Errol Hawani is speaking again. He can't help himself. You know, he was supposed to be on hiatus till, uh, mid-August before he's relaunching with Vox Media and MMA Fighting. God bless him and happy for him and his family. I heard that he's making a lot more money than ESPN, so it's well-deserved. He is the the MMA current GOAT right now, so I am happy for him, but we got a lot more toys to play with. Not only the post-fight reaction and videos that I will sprinkle in now and again throughout the uh the next hour but i have some clips from the one and only the eagle that's my eagle impression (laughs) khabib nirmaga medoff has sat down and spoken 
with ESPN's Brett Akimoto. So we'll hear what the Eagle has to say about this entire fight because he is connected to the two guys that just fought this past Saturday, Dustin the Diamond Poirier and uh, the notorious Conor McGregor. He submitted both of them very handily. And we also have reaction from Conor McGregor's coach, John Kavanaugh, the Morpheus to Conor McGregor's Neo. And it's always great to hear what John Kavanaugh has to say because he is literally and figuratively, I don't know why I have all these, I don't know, verbal games that I'm playing with McGregor. I'm not, I'm not trying to step on the man while he's down. But he is the uh, John Kavanaugh, Conor McGregor's longtime head coach, has been with him since day one, since the, the Dublin days of training at SBG Dublin, uh, straight blast gym, uh, MMA gym. If you guys have ever seen the uh, Conor McGregor hype videos from years ago, it's the yellow matted gym that is Conor McGregor's original home base. Now he's trained all over the world, Portugal, LA, Vegas, uh, wherever the, the cooking is hot, Conor McGregor is training. And maybe that is a problem. Could be presented that that stopped moving around. But anyway, as much as Conor McGregor may be moving around the world to find training partners and new ideas when it comes to building his martial arts trees of discipline, the guy who's always been in his corner – even during the Mayweather fight, John Morpheus Kavanaugh. And John spoke in an interview with uh, the UFC's Laura Sanko uh, in promotion for the Wimp to Warrior program, which is a fantastic program. It sounds very cool. It sounds like the real-life fight club program. And uh, if I ever would get to speak to John in person, over Zoom, over the phone, I would love to ask him about it, but John and I have had a falling out that has been three years long. I may not get to speak to him anytime soon because of my critique of the Khabib fight. And uh, I've learned from that. I, I was too harsh. If anybody knows me, I am a Conor McGregor fan from day one, years ago. Uh, pre-Mendez fight, pre-Dennis Seaver, uh, Seaver fight, probably around the time of the first Dustin Poirier fight, uh, I heard about this Irish kid who was making a lot of noise with his fists and with his mouth. He was talking the talk and then backing it up by walking the walk. And I was captivated. Eventually, it got to the point where I was following him every fight. He, he jumps the cage with Dennis Seaver, gets in Jose Aldo's face in Boston. Then the Chad Mendes fight happens because Aldo has a rib injury. And uh, I was actually in Israel during that fight. And I made sure not to. Well, nobody at that point was a huge or casual MMA fan or UFC fan. So nobody would spoil it for me. This is July of 2015. I was just on bated breath waiting to get home and find out the results. I did an excellent job not finding out who won and actually made it to a computer and uh, watched the, the, the replay of the fight 
Chad Mendes and Conor McGregor. And holy moly, I believe that was his uh, the hardest fight he's ever had to fight. Obviously, there's the Khabib fight, there's the Mayweather fight, the Poirier fights. Uh, but I feel like there was a lot of pressure because if you watch the documentary, the notorious documentary on Netflix, there's a line that John Cavanaugh, his coach, says to him in the locker room that, Connor, this is to change your life, your family's life, your grandkids' life. And that's a heck of a ton of pressure. Are you kidding me? If somebody's telling me uh, we're going to make your whole generation rich, uh, you got to... Uh... <laughs> You got to go out there and win. That's a crap load of a pressure to put on a fighter. And as we've seen throughout Conor McGregor's career, he is like the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, the performer who rises to the occasion. And the more the pressure, the more he kind of focuses and tunes out everything. And as we know, Conor McGregor faced some adversity in that Chad Mendes fight being taken down a couple of times but getting up to his feet and eventually knocking out chad mendez and i believe that's the first and only time he's he's cried in the octagon and uh that's when he had this long mane he was the young lion he was cutting down to 145 pounds uh one of the uh i believe we have a listener named angie on this broadcast uh angie on Twitter and shout outs to the believe podcast network for giving me the platform and uh, pumping me up. Uh, I've obviously have a long history in re uh, recording for high level platforms, but I appreciate believe I believe in believe man. So I appreciate them. So underneath the pre post for this live show, uh, a young listener named Angie, she commented, uh, Pretty, uh, pretty great stuff talking about what she saw from the fight and that Conor McGregor may have to find himself and go back down to 145. And this is not the first time I've seen this. Uh, but credit to Angie, because the first time I did see this was from a top UFC contender. Derek Brunson said, mark my words, Conor McGregor will be back at 145 and I heard this from a huge boxing advocate and a guy who's getting more and more into the MMA world, who is a friend of Joe Rogan, Andrew Schultz, the one and only. And while he is a comedian and you can find his stuff all over YouTube, he is a huge fight fan. And he actually made a fantastic point that he likes Conor McGregor at 145. Because he seems looser. Hungrier, I'm sure he's hungrier. You know, he's cutting the 10 more pounds. For those of you that don't know, Conor McGregor, and learn the weight classes, okay? It's not boxing. MMA has like 10, 11, or 12 weight classes. It's not seven, 74 weight classes like boxing. 154, 157, 163, 167. Come on. It's a 145, 135, 155, 125. 170, 185. Come on, kids. You could do it too. Did I say 185? Uh, 205 and then 206 plus. They'll figure out the weight classes, but that's for a different day to talk about. But Conor McGregor at 145, I agree with Andrew Schultz, is a much more dangerous animal. 
Conor McGregor at 145 is leaner, meaner, and just seems looser. His boxing is looser. If you guys just look at side-by-side pictures or Google Conor McGregor featherweight, Google Conor McGregor weigh-ins throughout the years or something, you'll just see he's got less muscle mass on his legs, on his lats, on his shoulders, on his chest. He just seems looser. And less muscle is looser. Look at every boxer. Now, Conor McGregor absolutely obsesses over boxing and respects boxing. And that's not just because of the Floyd Mayweather fight. It's a key part of his arsenal. He loves to throw hands. While he has beautiful Taekwondo kicks, the as you guys saw in display in the early minutes of the Dustin Poirier fight, but look throughout his career, the spin and turn kicks, the kind of capoeira roundhouse, the the loose high roundhouse kick, uh, just very loose legs. It seems like his legs are a lot looser than his arms. We haven't seen Conor McGregor throw too loose of punches since the Eddie Alvarez fight, and he was not a true 155-er at that point. Again, he was not even a year removed from fighting full-time at 145 pounds. I think at 145, he would be a more dangerous fighter, and it would be fun to see him experiment that. Him and his coach, John Cavanaugh, are always experimenting and tweaking. It's always a tug of war between philosophies, but they always seem to come out on the the same page when it's fight night. Uh, The most adversity that those two faced John Kavanaugh and Conor McGregor leading up to a fight was the Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. Conor McGregor was selling his whiskey and he was getting high off his own supply. He was drinking the whiskey and Kavanaugh said that once a week for their sparring sessions, Conor McGregor would be knocking out opponents and then partying the night of once a week and would disappear and not come back to the gym till three days later. And at first I was like, man, that's lazy. But second thought, I go, okay, I felt like he was really, really angry and he really, really made it personal for the Khabib fight and really, really want to take the head off Khabib and if you're knocking out your training partners and then you're celebrating like it's a real fight, uh, I guess he was trying to emulate what was going to happen on October 6, 2018, UFC 229, which I had the privilege to uh, uh, co-host a nationally syndicated uh, post-fight show following the fight. And uh, obviously it, it didn't work out. That strategy was awful what we did see conor mcgregor make adjustments was ufc 246 uh if i remember january 20 or 18th 2020 against cowboy cerrone what he said and i believe him i do believe him this seemed like he was telling the truth i always say you find out if a fighter's lying or not uh, or not on the the night of the fight 
all truth is revealed. There's no hype man. There's no coaches. There's no training partners. There's no manager. There's no promoter fighting for you when the cage closes. And leading up to the Cowboy Cerrone fight, Conor McGregor several times mentioned that he was sober for three months and he was truly sitting into his frame. Seemed like he was taking everything serious. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, because he had a lot of time to think. It was 15 months from the Khabib fight, removed from the Khabib fight. And it showed. He looked phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> that was a, a word ahead and a step behind there. But he looked phenomenal. 40 seconds getting the job done against Cowboy Cerrone. Shoulder strikes, beautiful half sprawl to start the fight. Uh, hard strikes. Beautiful roundhouse kick that landed behind the guard of Cowboy Cerrone. But that's been the only highlight over the last five years. Yeah, you could say he fought Floyd, made a ton of money. You can say he's the number one Forbes athlete. Sure, cool. But in Conor McGregor's mind, and I'm sure for the next three months, he's not even going to think about fighting. He's going to think about recovering so that he can just walk around and just be an average Joe and that he is going to take his entrepreneur businesses, side businesses, charities to a whole nother level. He's literally going to have this extra time to just think about. He probably hasn't stopped thinking. I guarantee you he stopped thinking about the fight and fighting for right now, but he's thinking about business. And that will always be there. And my question to Conor McGregor, are you going to take martial arts as serious as you did in 2015 and 16 and 14 when you come back? Are you going to treat it as if you have nothing? And it's hard. It's hard to compartmentalize that because you can't escape it. Conor McGregor's name's on the mat that he's fighting. In 2014, there was some company like uh, probably some weird energy drink, like porn star energy on the mats. And uh, Conor McGregor was stepping on that. It, it was pretty funny. In the Khabib fight, he was being mauled on top of his own logo. I mean, if that ain't apropos, I don't know what is. But I believe Conor McGregor will take time to reflect and grow. I believe in the man. And he might have a personal issues going on where he's just angry and he has displaced anger. And he doesn't know what to do with this extra energy. Okay. But again, after three months when he is healed and walking and potentially training, training it again, we, we will see how bad Conor McGregor wants to compete at the highest level. I believe and Luke Thomas said this, and I agree with this. He can probably fight in that five to 10 range. The uh, Benil Dariushes, the Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Ally Quinta. I don't even know if he's in the rankings anymore. 
Dan Hookers of the world. But Conor McGregor, if he really wants, and he could lose to those guys. They get the, the red panty night. Dan Hooker could knock out Conor McGregor. Like, seriously knock out Conor McGregor. Dan Hooker's got great cardio, got a great chin, is a gamer, will bite down, will throw uh, heavy strikes. Uh, a Michael Chandler, they're all going to gun for Conor McGregor's head if they get that contract. So whatever Conor McGregor's stepping into, he needs to be fully committed. That's why I think it is the best thing in the world for him that, ha, 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 Dustin Poirier broke him. And I believe he broke him mentally because, and I'm going to get into the specifics of this. Conor McGregor was too nasty. Very, very nasty. Following the fight. Before the fight, it was like, okay, Dustin uh, seemed very passive in his approach. Seemed that it wasn't a big deal and could ignore some of the stuff Conor McGregor was saying, but when Conor McGregor was laying on the floor, literally on the balls of his ass, and he's just spitting this horribleness about murder and uh, Poirier's wife, very loser-esque, very loser behavior. And I'm happy. I'm happy that kid saw... I'm happy that kid saw the the good guy win the fight, the Dustin Poirier win the fight, the guy who's been humble, who's been grinding, and he comes from the gutter. I had the opportunity, thank you to Ariel Hawani, who's been pumping up Dustin Poirier's documentary. I had the opportunity to watch and throw some bucks to the director and the producers of that film. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's called Fightville. It's only three bucks. You guys should order it, watch it. You get to learn a lot about Dustin Poirier and where he's from and basically how tough it is to, to make it in the sport. You really don't start seeing money till you're at least on your second contract in the UFC. And it, it's a cool rise. The, the documentary, I guess, centers around the rise of Dustin Poirier, but it also is focused on the hardships of being a fighter. These guys, uh, uh, like musicians, at times don't have places to live. At times are relying on family and friends and ones, close ones to support them to live out their dream. And I think the documentary really hit home in that sense that, are you sure you're ready to be a UFC champion? Are you sure you're ready to even be a UFC contender? a top 25 fighter in the world to make it to the UFC. These guys are grinding. The people who are dead set and focused on being the best in the world are working as you're sitting on your ass, Netflix and chilling. Are you sure you're ready to grind and work this hard? I don't think you are. And the documentary does a fantastic job at showcasing the the hardships of being uh, a young MMA fighter in the sense of rising your career. But back to U UFC 264, 
I just want to let everybody know this is the first time ever that I did not pick Conor McGregor to win a fight. Woo! Fun freaking fact. Did not pick Conor McGregor. Wow. Why? Why is that? Even uh, the Khabib fight leading up to the... <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. Leading up to the, uh, the whole week of the Khabib fight, doing preview podcasts, uh, giving my takes my logical takes, my uh, very smart, calculated, analytical takes about Khabib. I'm like, he's got this. There's no shot for McGregor to uh, do anything, really. And um, I get to Vegas, fly out there, uh, start seeing the Irish people. Oh, my gosh. Start drinking with the Irish people, hanging with the Irish people. They start asking me questions. What are you here for? Um, media coverage for this fight. And then uh, they say, did you pick the fight? I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I did. I did. I did pick the fight. And, and they're like, you picked our boy, right? You picked our boy, Conor, right? He's going to win, right? And I'm like drinking beers with them. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No doubt the whole time I, I picked your boy, Connor. <laughs> There's never down my mind, brother. Uh, I picked your boy, Connor. They're like, all right, very smart laddie. And I, uh, <sighs> I did pick the guy, Connor. I switched gears. By the time I made it to the on air, I, I was a uh, Connor McGregor fan, fanboy again, picking Connor. But Fast forward to UFC 264. This was the only time I've ever not picked Connor. And uh, I just felt it. I felt Connor McGregor. Not being true to himself. Trying to spark something that wasn't there. Seemed to try to make it personal with the charity. Boys just seemed to internalize everything. Like, dude, I'm going to beat your ass. You, you really screwed up disrespect to my charity. And uh, I'm going to keep it down inside, but I'm going to beat your ass. And Conor McGregor paid for his harsh words. And he seemed like he was trying to spark some energy that wasn't there by taking the low blows and the cheap shots at Dustin Poirier's wife. Ay, ay, ay. He didn't learn from the Khabib fight. He made it, he kept it personal. With Cowboy, it seemed cool. Everything seemed kosher and cordial and fun. And uh, kumbaya, cowboy, kumbaya, wabam, kumbaya, cowboy, kumbaya, take that. Conor McGregor played cowboy like a fiddle boy, like a banjo in the rain. He beat cowboy down, and it was all cool and kosher. And maybe Conor McGregor thought he would do the same thing with Poi, but Poi was like, all right. Less stress, less BS to deal with. Let's just have a good old knock. 
and we can be friends before you can respect your opponent as you see Tom Brady does and Michael Jordan. You give credit to the opponent before the uh, huge game, NBA final Super Bowl. You you tell people what your opponent does great. You you explain uh, or you express respect. And that's what I thought we were getting with Conor McGregor one, uh, Conor McGregor uh, versus Dustin Poirier two, the rematch. But man, Conor did not like how that went. He was knocked out for the first time in his career. And he did not like how that went. And he had to stir some stuff that wasn't there, just create some uh, chaos. I said this yesterday that Conor McGregor was acting like the Joker. And he was wearing that purple suit again. Guys, I'm telling you, the writing's on the wall. Every time he wears that freaking purple suit, he wore it at the UFC 229 press conference, purple suit. Go check it out. He wore uh, wore the purple suit at the UFC 264 press conference last week. He loses. The Joker loses. But in the end, I guess they doesn't lose. Conor McGregor was explaining to everybody that he won that UFC 229 fight on his Instagram, how he won the war against the Dagestanis. He was cheap shotted. He knocked out people that weren't even training, that were eating donuts the night of. Dude, shut up. Shut up. And then he does it again. Oh, I'm on the floor. This is a illegitimate win for uh Poirier. I I didn't he didn't do anything. My leg sucks. I'm uh, my leg sucks. You beat my leg. You didn't beat me. Uh shut up again. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Stupid. And for the people that are enabling this, and you'll hear it later, I'll probably regurgitate this take, but Joe Rogan say, I believe a fourth fight is imminent. Or I believe Dustin Poirier will oblige to a fourth fight. Joe, put down the pipe. And Dana White, saying, yeah, we're working on a fourth fight. And luckily, Dana White sobered up a little later in that same press conference, the, the post-fight press conference, about acknowledging that it's guaranteed, it's, it's a lock that there's going to be a fourth fight. He did acknowledge that Poirier, I mean, uh, Connor may have to fight somebody else before that fourth fight is guaranteed. But in my opinion, nothing is guaranteed. And if Poirier gets absolutely dominated by Charles Oliveira, the fourth fight will be sitting right there because by the time that fight happens, say uh, December, January, February, and then if Conor McGregor is fully healthy and, and is serious about fighting again, by the fall and lets everybody know that he's back training again and full on sparring and firing on all uh, pistons and cylinders and says, I'll be ready by May. So that would basically be about, well, he could even say, boy, if you want to wait till June or July, that would give Connor 12 months. And we've seen Connor McGregor return before, in a short amount of time from a pretty heavy injury.
if you guys remember, following UFC 202, the rematch between Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, well, even in the fight, Conor McGregor changed game plan, brought in a Muay Thai coach, was throwing heavy, heavy, heavy leg strikes to Nate Diaz's lead leg. And if you guys remember, following the fight, this is the same ankle that uh, failed him this past Saturday. But if you guys remember that UFC 202 fight, following it, Conor McGregor was on crutches. And that fight was August 20th of 2016. The craziest part about all this is that Conor McGregor showed up to Madison Square Garden in late September, about four or five weeks later, to start to promote UFC NYC, UFC 205 against Eddie Alvarez for the champ champ status. So about four or five weeks later, after fracturing his ankle, he's walking around New York, he's advertising for a fight, and he takes the fight on November 12th. So September 27th or 29th, I believe the press conference was for New York. And then about six weeks later, he's fighting on it. And who's going to argue with this? It's one of the best title performances of all time. Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. I'm not sure if he threw too many leg kicks. I'm not sure if I remember that. I remember all the highlights being beautiful striking. Beautiful striking technique by Conor McGregor. Beautiful boxing technique by Conor McGregor. And that's pretty amazing to fracture your leg, uh, your ankle, August 20th, and then to be competing for history. Not only was it the first Madison Square Garden card, but to become the champ champ, the highest gate in MSG history, Conor McGregor. What's on a heck of a performance following an ankle fracture? So it's not impossible for Conor McGregor to fight next July against Dustin Poirier coming off a loss. I don't think you can sell Conor McGregor fighting Poirier a fourth time right off this injury, right into a title fight. If Poirier dusts, like what I did there. Yeah, dude, I do. Thanks, Keanu. If Dustin Poirier destroys Charles Dubronx out of Ella, because they pronounce their R's like an H in Portuguese in Brazil. If Charles Oliveira falls and loses to Dustin Poirier, you can't sell Conor McGregor stepping in on this fourth fight, this philogy, whatever you call a fourth fight in the the fight world you can't sell him stepping in there for a title fight it's silly it's stupid dana white might hint at it hey guys i'm gonna try to sell you on khabib connor too nope okay you didn't buy that okay 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 well i'm gonna try to sell you on uh connor dustin Foy uh for foyer connor dustin four uh with no pre-fight from Connor. Oh, no. Okay. All right. You guys smell the BS on that too. Yeah. Guys call out Dana White. 
Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Hunter Campbell, all on social media, of course, because if you're in front of their house, that's stalking and you will get arrested. But call them out. Let your voice be heard. I'm tired of these weird promotional fights. Damn it, now I'm mad as hell. Or whatever that guy says in that movie network. Let your voice be heard. Don't let that fight happen right away. I'm okay with the fourth fight. I'm sure Poi would love to beat that ass, you know, put out some hot sauce and do put a whooping on that pig, on a pig roast or turn Connor into crawfish or whatever they say down there. Again, I'm broadcasting from Strong Island, New York, baby. Home of many UFC champions. Currently, Al Jermaine, Funkmaster, Sterling, formerly Chris, the All-American Wideman, formerly Matt Naterra-Serra. That's right. And the only fighter to go five full rounds with Khabib on 24-hour notice, no less. Al I Akinta. That's right, baby. Strong Island, Long Island. Know it. Don't show it. Uh, what else? I don't know any other rhymes. <clears throat> well, anyway, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't watch a fourth fight if Conor McGregor doesn't earn it. Hey, the RDA fight was there. The hype was there leading up. Uh, Conor McGregor stirred some stuff up with uh, RDA, the former lightweight champion. But that's always there again. Ally Kent is there. I know Conor likes to fight fighters that emulate styles of fighters that he would uh, be fighting down the road. And I, I think Ally Kent is a good boxer with good cardio and good grappling who could, I guess, emulate a Dustin Poirier. And I know Ray Janelle would love that fight, but Ray Janelle needs to get a big win in his next fight, maybe two, to put himself in the prime position to be there for Conor McGregor. And maybe then Ray Janelle beats Conor McGregor, beats Dustin Poirier, Brings Khabib out of retirement, says, I took you on 24 hours notice, five rounds. Uh, you want to fight me, Khabib? I'm here. Speaking of Khabib, I don't think I'm going to play the, the post-fight stuff from UFC 264. You guys heard it yesterday. Uh, follow me everywhere, Ike Dagon. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Iktagon.com, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N, at Iktagon. Tweet, comment, leave your takes. You guys can also call me, 646-820-9848. Give me a call. Let me know what's up. I want to hear what you're thinking. I can't wait to tell you why you're wrong or why you're right. I feel like I'm talking to my son. Please, guys, let me know how you feel. I consider myself a man of the MMA community. Hashtag MMA Twitter. The pulse of the people. The connoisseur of combat. I feel like I'm on your guys' side, but hey, let me know what you want to talk about. Khabib, uh, UFC history, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, what's next for McGregor? MMA technique. Uh, religion and politics are off the table for now until we can gain some trust. But 
let's hear from Khabib about his thoughts from the fight. And again, this audio comes from a sit-down interview from the great Brett Akamoto and ESPN MMA. Khabib's thoughts following UFC 264. I think like uh, one more time, Dustin show us he is on another level level than Connor right now, because of uh, hungry, because of uh, focus, because of this sport. Uh, doesn't matter. This sport don't care about who you are. This sport care about only hard work. You know, if you wanna be on top, you have to train always, not only in training camp when UFC give you fight. No, you have to train always because this sport has a lot of lions, you know, very hungry. Mm -hmm. When you were watching Dustin, did did he look, uh, do you think he's a different fighter than the one you fought in 2019? Mm, We'll let this roll. Like mentally, I think he become better. I think he become better, he learn, you know, and uh, he's not old, like if if you watch like, Tony Ferguson or and Nathan if you guys Sanders, don't know Khabib, guys like uh, you just turn it in. But they old, you know, right now for this. He's reason. a straight shooter. Right now, like calling uh, Ferguson Dustin old. Poirier is like thirty-two. <laughs> he learned a lot. Even Does if not he hold back. Me, I think Reminds from this loss, he learned. After father. Conor fight, he learned. You know, and uh, right now, I think he's prime time. I know you're very comfortable, and obviously, you walked away from the sport. You felt like you would accomplish it all. When, it, when it's a Q&A here. regular fight week and he's in the media saying again, things like ESPN that, MMA. Away and he hasn't done anything in this sport, do you have any reaction to that when he says those things? It sounds like like uh, same thing like uh, Dustin said, it's just noise, you know? He's not him, you know? I think he tried to, it was fake corner, it's my opinion, because like a couple months ago, we see how he was nice, now he tried to be like, you know, it's like, it's 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 look like fake, you know? That's why the, the, this trash talk don't work on Dustin Poirier, I think. And uh, and uh, my opinion, it was his big mistake. He lo- he lost so much energy. I agree. I agree. So a lot to unfold there. A lot of respect from Khabib to Dustin, and uh, very calm analyst work from Khabib. I would love to see him on a uh, a fight desk, uh, wearing his analyst hat and uh, wearing a suit. He kind of looks like Lex Friedman, so picture uh, Khabib on a desk, and you see Lex Friedman, who is a uh, podcast host and martial arts enthusiast. Uh, Khabib made a fantastic point. If you guys haven't heard yesterday and today's Iktagon shows, I made the point that Conor McGregor uh, was kind of trying to spark a fire that wasn't there, trying to light a fuel to get himself engaged and hyped for this fight, which is crazy. You're going into a cage fight. Uh, what other energy, uh, what other fuel do you need? Maybe he, he just couldn't turn it off the entertainer and promotion side of the, uh, of the, uh, the, the part of his brain where he just can't shut up. I mean, we saw it when he broke, his leg he's laying on the floor and he just can't shut up dude you're i would i had you right where i got you like no you you had nobody like the the guy who's putting vaseline on your face could kick your ass at that point like what are you talking about shut your mouth shut up and he was still talking and khabib makes the point which i agree with conor mcgregor wasted a ton of energy 
being the Joker, causing chaos, making it personal. He probably saying stuff that he doesn't believe in. He's just expending so much energy. I don't even think it's pumping himself up. It's to just sell the fight, and it was just fake. Fake, 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 fake. Waste of time. And I agree with Khabib. And I miss Khabib. <laughs> Did I mention that? I, I do miss Khabib. He is the man. It sucks we never got the, the fight against George St. Pierre. Dana White. But it's okay. It's actually pretty cool that he's going out on top. That he's... That he went out on top. And later in the interview, Brett does a very cool, casual job infiltrating Khabib's mind because it is a vault. And when Khabib speaks, he is honest. There's no smoke and mirrors there, bells and whistles that he's throwing at the listener or the viewer. He's speaking truth. That's why some of these fighters, when they speak, you look for the truth. Are they being truthful to themselves, to us, to everybody around them? Conor McGregor was not. Failed a lot of people, but especially himself on Saturday night. But Khabib, true to himself, very cool, very calm. And you see it on fight nights. He just does the job and focuses on the task, and you, you can't kill the man. I could see Khabib... Uh, I mean, he is. He's doing great things for the sport. But later in the interview, he spoke about Dana White just literally trying to shake Khabib's tree to get him to return. He goes, uh, you're going to return. You're going to return. Let's meet. Let's have a dinner. Come on. Uh, I'll, first round's on me. Second round's on me. All right. How many rounds do you drink? I thought you're Muslim. Come on. Stop drinking. This is on my bill. <laughs> Dana White was trying to chase Khabib out of retirement. But Khabib's like, dude, I, I spoke my piece following UFC 254, October 24th. And guys, don't ask me why I remember all these numbers. Uh, into uh, Last year, following the Justin Gaethje dominating victory, he spoke his piece and he took the time to really show his heart. And he says it was on his mind for about three or four months prior that he was ready to retire and listened to his mother. And he lost his best friend and his his coach and his father and his cornerman. And it was actually so beautiful that the fight against Dustin Poirier was the first UFC fight that Khabib's father was in his corner. Uh, Khabib's father could not get the right travel information or documents to go watch him compete in the United States and Vegas and New York, all over. But because the fight was in Abu Dhabi, Khabib's father got special privileges to make it to the fight. Uh, I assume it was only maybe a two, two or three hour flight from Dagestan or Russia to the Abu Dhabi arena. And that's an awesome moment 
and go watch that fight. Uh, that fight. That's how two competitors compete or are supposed to compete. They exchange their T-shirts, their fight kit shirts, like soccer or football, depending on where you're from and where you're listening from. And there was a ton of respect. Khabib donated no issues, no problems to Dustin Poirier's charity. Poirier was very respectful, and Khabib's father was there. And Khabib actually did a very funny funny move in that fight he leaped the cage again but he went for dana white and he hugged him and you see like what a monkey khabib is like the way he looks like his bones and body dexterity climbs the fence lands on the platform the outer skirt platform surrounding the octagon and then jumps on dana white he looked like i'm like dude i, I can see why he is the greatest grappler this sport's ever seen uh, ooh, excuse me i don't want to disrespect hoist gracie he is one of the greatest grapplers the sport has ever seen and uh, that was just a really cool moment. And I was able to day drink. It was in Abu Dhabi, so it was 2 p.m. Uh, New York time. So I was able to uh, day drink, which was pretty cool. <sighs> I guarantee you nobody watched that fight who watched the Connor fight. Everybody saw the sleeper cell, the Muslim, jump, jump the cage and attack innocent Dylan Dennis. And nobody saw the humble, the religious, the beautifully spoken well-expressed Khabib fight against us Poirier because nobody cares for some reason our culture attracts to car crashes which are sad but at a time like this what a great time to be a Dustin Poirier fan and like I said it was the first time I didn't pick Conor McGregor and Man, oh man, was it freaking awesome. Was it beautiful to see a guy who, again, to see where he came from, watch the Fightville documentary, to see where he came from, to see how humble he was, to see how much he's grown since his lost to Conor McGregor in 2014. It was beautiful. And respect, respect, respect. Man, oh man. Respect. Dustin Poirier. I hope he, I hope he, I hope he beats Charles Oliveira. And Charles Oliveira, there's nothing wrong. He's from a similar situation as Dustin Poirier. Very humble beginnings, very, very humble beginnings from the ghettos of Brazil as fought adversity, losses, weight class changes, and has shown that he can bounce back from all that and be on top. And that's why it's going to be true martial arts. Whenever this fight is booked, Charles Oliveira defending the title against Dustin Poirier, a man who knows this cements his legacy all time if he gets that strap. And, man, I would love to see five rounds, to see Poirier knock down Charles Oliveira, to see Oliveira on Poirier's back, going for chokes, going for arm bars, leg locks, 
to see Poirier fight out of them, do some ground and pound to see uh, Charles Oliveira defend the ground and pound, get against the cage, get back to his feet, create separation. Then all of a sudden we got a slugfest on the feet. Man, oh man, that fight has the potential to be the fight of the year whenever it's booked. I think it'd be a nice cap to 2021 and Conor McGregor can sit and watch and learn his coach, John Cavanaugh, who I mentioned earlier is the Morpheus to Conor McGregor's Neo. He wrote a book called, and again, guys, while Mr. Cavanaugh and I have had our differences, I still respect the man, his thoughts and his ideologies in the fight world. And he, if it wasn't for him, we would have no Conor McGregor. If you watch the documentary, Conor McGregor, in his one of his early amateur fights, he's wearing baggy shorts, got pimples on his face. Uh, he wins, but he acts like a clown in victory. Uh, John Cavanaugh says, if you ever act like that again, you won't be fighting in my gym. And yeah, in hindsight, Conor McGregor is acting foolish uh after fights but at this point he's a man he's a very successful businessman and his head coach john Kavanaugh, he's not going to get the message through to connor he did when connor was 18 19 20 but connor mcgregor is a brand name i'm sure john Kavanaugh has made his millions and opened more gyms because of connor mcgregor obviously So he's in a very difficult position to be the stern parent-like coach that maybe he was uh, a decade plus ago. And this is nobody's fault. But the reason why I bring up John Kavanaugh again, Conor McGregor's coach, is because John Kavanaugh, wrote a book called Win or Learn. I love the title. Never read the book, but I love the title. Why? Because you either win or you learn. Dustin Poirier won. I'm sure he's going to learn a little. Conor McGregor didn't win, but he better learn. Because if you don't do any of those, you're just, you're out of the game. So will Conor McGregor win? or learn in this long, long off season. And Conor McGregor's off seasons are very different than other people, uh, other fighters, uh, businessmen. Uh, businessmen aren't athletes and athletes aren't necessarily businessmen. Conor McGregor is the, one of the few people who have uh, the abilities to weld the two together. And Conor McGregor has his business to keep him busy, but what about when he lays his head on his pillow and he's takes a day or two off from drinking and he just has to sit with his own thoughts. If his kids aren't kicking him out of his bed, putting their little heels in his ribs, 
Conor McGregor is going to move to his third guest house and put on TV. Maybe he sees a highlight of Dustin Poirier or Nate Diaz or Khabib Nurmagomedov or Floyd Mayweather. And maybe something clicks in his mind that sends his thought process in a better direction. What direction that is? Who knows? But I hope it's a better direction. So, guys, another hour in the books. The Iktagon, Iktagon.com. Thank you for tuning in again. Thank you guys for the comments, the retweets, the, the views. Uh, thank you for the blocks, the uh, awful hate that you spew in my direction. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to continue to do this. Uh, once a day live stream hour show Iktagon everywhere instagram facebook twitter Iktagon.com. i'm ike feldman you can follow me specifically at ike feldman my account is used for the kind of uh shoot from the hip the monday morning quarterback as they say Somebody who's just going to express their opinion could be right, could be wrong, could be somewhere in between. The Octagon accounts is where you will find footage, uh, excuse me, content, links, and uh, ways to get a hold of me. It's the more professional, cleaned up Gordon Gecko type of, uh, I guess, account. Ike Feldman is the, uh, the dirty, grungy, uh, go, well, I guess Gordon Gecko as well. He was a dirtbag, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I hope you guys are enjoying the content. I did not get to any of the stuff that I thought I was. I had a bunch of clips lined up. John Cavanaugh spoke. Conor McGregor spoke. There's more footage being rolled out. Uh, of Conor McGregor sitting there, what he was saying to Dustin Poirier. Uh, I will get to that tomorrow. And I will eventually get to the rest of this card. But, and maybe I'll work on an outro music. Maybe we can uh, figure that out. Hmm, 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 hmm. Maybe. But until tomorrow, I love you guys. Get a hold of me somehow. Yeah, call me if you want. The show's hotline, 646-820-9848. Leave a voicemail. Follow the instructions of the voicemail. I will replay it on the show, and uh, we will have a good time, and you'll get a shout-out, and uh, you'll get fired from your job for embarrassing yourself. I'm just kidding. That's not what we're going for. We're going for combat, period, sports, period, and entertainment, period, okay? But most of all, having fun and learning something about ourselves and mixed martial arts at the same time. So love you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
who get it done.